Hello and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. I'm Cahill and Brian is also here. Hello. You know, a lot of weeks we start off by saying, oh, these are all the exciting things we have to talk about. Honestly, bit of a quiet week. We only have a few Chris- the Christy Ring quarterfinals as kind of notable matches to talk about. And in terms of upcoming matches, there's only the last round of Leinster and Robin, which we've already made our predictions on. So we're going to have a bit of a special episode this week. We've talked before many times, touching on how we think that there are issues with the league format, the championship format, and it's something that's started coming up now. It looks like they are going to change the championship format starting next year. So uh, we thought we'd have a little structure special and discuss uh, how we would fix everything if we were in charge. So uh, put your nerd glasses on, get your copy books out, and get ready to take notes because there will be questions at the end. I'm sure many of you will want to tell us why we're wrong about all these things. So if you want to do that, just a reminder, our Twitter is at TYDatapoints and the email address is mail at takeyourdatapoints.com. I dare you. None of you are brave enough. I shouldn't really taunt our I shouldn't really taunt our audience, I suppose, but you know, there I go. No. I mean it's them. most it's mostly our friends and family at this point. <laughs> maybe a few other people, so you know. But yeah, I suppose before we get into the main kind of discussion of the league and championship structure, we will go through just the matches that we're on. Um so we had the Christie Ring quarterfinals. We had Kildare versus Carlo. Carlo won one twenty four to fifteen. We had London versus Down, Down winning 219 to 19 points. Really, in terms of these matches, like, okay, so Carlo and Kildare, we were kind of saying that, you know, Carlo are probably going to have a strong chance of winning that, and we were correct. And London and Down, I'm not even sure what I said about that. I was curious to see how London would perform, but uh, yeah, they obviously didn't, and Down took it for themselves. So London are not going to be are not going to be the underdog story of uh, the Christie Ring. No, uh, London have had kind of a poor year overall. Uh, I think the fact that they have no home ground this year due to renovations has kind of hit them hard. But yeah, so the semi-finals now it's going to be Antrim versus Down, which is a fairly familiar matchup they've played quite a few times already, and then Carlo versus Wicklow. I suppose I'd have Antrim and Carlo to enter the final uh, as a rematch of the opening game of the Christie Ring. And I would then have Antrim to win. And here's where I disagree. I agree that Antrim are going to win. I agree that Carlo are going and but I I agree Carlo are going to win and beat Wicklow. But I think overall it's the Scallion Eater's turn. And I'll explain why I came to this conclusion. Okay. Last night, as I lay in bed, I drifted off. And when in the depths of my dreaming I saw a lion. And that line approached a map of Ireland, a giant map, and placed one firm paw on Carlo. Now, such as my geography, I can't really confirm that it was Carlo, but I presume it was Carlo, because it was a Rastafarian line. I had one of those hats on too. So, it looked unnobly at me, and I have to say, like, I was overcome with a feeling of awe. And, like, such was the dazzling radiance that came from this line I had to look away and when I looked back it was gone so like really dreams being extremely important as they are and you should really take meaning from them at all times you know lion symbolic of Bob Marley because it appears on all those flags and marketplaces all over Ireland which that have Bob Marley a marijuana leaf and also a lion which is clearly marked Carlo for greatness and uh there is the scientific method, my friend. Carlo to win. 
I'll be sure to um, edit in some kind of spiritual music in under, mm. under that. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's 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 an interesting theory. I'm going to go with Antrim because they won the last couple of times they played. Yeah, you, you would say that with your numbers, but you know, Spirit Line told me different. And I would just like to say, if any of the audience have had dreams they think are that are of significance, please send it to us on our by to our email and Twitter. Again, you know, anything doesn't even have to be related to hurling, but we will be happy to read them. Spirit line versus the numbers sounds like a really ham-fisted sketch making commentary <laughs> on like religion versus science. Yeah, it's clear that it's, it, I bet it would be bad. Let's not make that. Yeah, yeah. Let's just not do that. Let's, let's move on entirely. And, uh, <laughs> I want to move on to, you know, something I think we always enjoy moving on to, which is the Warwickshire hype train. You know, oh, Priest man. May, you cannot privatize a hype train. Oh yeah, political podcast. It's in Brexit commentary. We're relevant. We're up to date. We know what's going on. Warwickshire is what's going on. Warwickshire is what's going on because they won six. 16, total of 34 points, against Fermanagh's 3-9, playing away to Fermanagh. Now, not only did they win by, what's that, 16 points, 52% of the entire score in the match was goals. You've got your Warwickshire hype train, you've got your goals. I have to ask Brian, what else could you want from a match? That's your that's your dream pairing right there. I really don't know what else you could really ask for some good shoulders i'd say there was good shoulders too i'm pretty sure warwickshire's you know warwickshire know how to throw a few good shoulders around but like yeah that's phenomenal six goals i mean that must have been just this must be a great feeling like i'd say there were well struck goals too you know nine goals throughout the whole game like that's yeah that's what i call it that's what i call a good match that is what i call a good match certainly and being a being somewhat serious like certainly a success story in a way like warwickshire in terms of following them this year yeah, because, I mean, we started paying attention, basically, because we were kind of like, oh, Warwickshire have a team. That's kind of crazy. Mm. Let's let's see what they do. And, you know, just kind of expected them to lose all around. You know, but we were just interested because we didn't think Warwickshire would have a team. But I think they're the best of the worst. Like, they're definitely on track to win the Laurie Mara this year. And, you know, we joked early on about how, oh, you know, they'll win the Laurie Mara this year and work their way up, win the Nicky Rackett next year, then the Christie Ring, then the All-Ireland. But, like... They are probably, I think, going to at least accomplish phase one of that plan. I hope so. And unlike, you know, London and Lancashire, their brethren, they're actually quite making quite a good fist at it as well. It is like, it is really good to see. And it is good to see, like, you know, I know people can accuse Herding of being somewhat static in terms of the top team, you know, teams at the top. But it's good to see, like, in the lower divisions that there is that bit more movement and complete yeah. outsiders like Warwickshire and to, can stake a claim. Even in the football this week, Sligo were playing like New York away in New York, which is something else as well. Like it is, it certainly is an interesting, um, I think it definitely gets more interesting when you see like teams from abroad starting to get involved where you've kind of heavy Irish communities. I think it is. Um, I think it's only a matter of time as well before New York finally does upset some team. You know, didn't happen this year. Came close to it last year, mm. but... Uh, I'd say it's it's just a matter of time before they sneak a win against one of the Connacht counties. But yeah, I you know it's nice to see unusual teams getting involved, and it's nice to pay attention. I think sometimes to some of the lesser known teams, and just I suppose remember that they do exist, and they're not just you know useless either. Yeah, they've got their own things to play for. Yeah, fair play to Warwickshire anyway. Fair it play, like an entertaining match. 
it's a shame there's probably like no way of viewing that at all. <laughs> maybe on someone, maybe like a real diehard fan is like streaming it from his phone onto yeah. YouTube or something. Hardcore for mana hurling fan. Yeah. Oh god. Who then decided to upload it despite the fact they were trashed. <laughs> I suppose that's the matches from last weekend. As said, this weekend Leinster round robin final round coming mm. through, but. Yeah, we've already discussed that previously, uh, given their opinions. All I can say is I cannot wait till the actual championship starts. Like, I really can't wait. Yeah, well, for all this talk of, oh, isn't it nice seeing the lesser teams do their stuff? No, we, we do want to get onto the, onto the good stuff as well. Exactly. Main event. Which kind of serves as a, hmm, what would be the literary technique? A segue, one might say, onto the next topic. Which is... How we would fix the league and championship structures. Nicely done. Thank you. It's a topic we've touched on a lot. We've made lots of occasional jabs at it. And if you look at the most recent article on the website as well, where I had my computer program simulate the championship, and it kind of devolved into me just complaining about how unfairly the current All-Ireland structure is designed. I ran a simulation where all the teams were equal and all the teams were playing on neutral grounds, and you ended up with basically the Munster semi-final seeds winning it most of the time by by a pretty staggering mar- margin. It's fair to say you got quite a you got quite passionate about it even in your article and in terms of you seems to put a real bee in your bonnet about, you know, the the inherent unfairness of the structure itself. Yeah, and I mean I don't think you know, I don't think we should be giving the weaker teams advantages. You know, I don't think mm. we should be seating them higher, but I think seating them lower it's just you know, people complain that there aren't enough counties involved in hurling, but I mean, you're give, you're actually giving them a disadvantage. You're making it harder for them to have those breakthroughs. And you know, success is what breeds more success. And if you're just making it harder to get that initial step, I don't know if you'll ever really uh, see much improvement. Yeah, yeah, we're going to complain a lot about the uh, league and championship structures. So I suppose first of all, let's address why do we think it's wrong? Why do we think it's bad at the moment? So I suppose for me, anyway, the League, as we've said before, the whole 1A, 1B thing, you have a handful of teams coasting in 1B, and they can experiment and they can get themselves ready, and then they're, you know, in flying form for the for the knockout stages, whereas yeah. then 1A, there's no room to experiment. And the League, you know, it is kind of the secondary tournament. It should be time for teams to try out their younger players or try out new tactics, all these things, and they have no opportunity to do that because they are playing the top teams in the country every single week. And generally, they're just burnt out by the time they reach the semifinals, if they can get that far. And it's definitely taken on a... I think traditionally the league has kind of been viewed as a... Ah, uh, sure, you know, like, look, doesn't really matter what happens in the league. But I think of recent years, it's definitely become a lot more competitive as a competition. I think you see a lot more teams gunning for, like, gunning for, like, winning the league outright. Like, you saw that with Tip... This year, you saw it with Galway, and you saw it with Watford and Clare, like in previous years as well. It was kind of a case of they really, really went for it. They did, and I know it. It just feels it feels a bit wrong when teams are almost incentivized maybe to stay in the lower division just so that they can maybe get mm. that easy run for the start of it. And it's three years in a row that like a team from one B have come up and actually won the league outright. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just I think not the best system. I think. It's a fairer system than the All-Ireland, but it's definitely got a lot of flaws. And then, of course, there's the issue with, you know, you have a team like Offaly or Leash getting a quarterfinal match against the team on top of 1A, just generally having no hope. 
whereas you have fifth and sixth and one A just in a relegation match, no chance yeah. at the knockout stages, and it just it just feels a bit unfair, really, um, to those teams because I would say ninety nine percent of the time they're going to be better than that fourth one B team. And you also have this rubbish with like a nearly like a double lock in terms of like in terms of um, promotion and relegation as well, like the the. You know that whole issue as well is still... yeah. I mean they've they've gotten better about that this year. The the team that wins two A no longer has to beat the team that loses one B to get promoted, which mm. I, I prefer. But I still I don't know. I think I think really like if if you're on the bottom of the table, down you go. That should that should be kind of it. That you know you should be just going down from there. Down you go because I mean yeah. look, you can pull out one good performance maybe in a relegation, but it when I suppose it re- you really need to. But like I mean you haven't been consistent either, like. And then I suppose the championship, as I've said, like we've kind of mathematically shown, Byzantine. It's it's unfair. It's an unfair system. And then yeah, as I say, it's way too complicated. On top of that, the schedule is irregular, which leads to fans, players, club players constantly being frustrated because you don't mm. know who's playing when. You have some teams playing theoretically. You could have one team, you know, playing ten matches to win All Ireland, whereas another would only have to win four. You know, you have mismatched home and away schedules. Galway, obviously, being a perfect example of that. They've got no home games since they joined Leinster. And actually, considering their success in that time, you know, reaching two All-Ireland finals and getting the Leinster Championship and everything. Like, they've done very well despite that. But yeah, it's it's a mess, really. It's It seems to be just a, a compilation, a weird kind of cobbled-together format. Of, Built on uh, compromise. Yeah, well. exactly. Lots of kind of good ideas, half implemented and tacked on mm. over decades and decades till we just have this weird kind of mess that we have now. And then everyone, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, we like it this way. This is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't look too closely, but there's nothing wrong with it. Ignore the fact that, you know, Kerry and Galway play in Leinster. Yeah. Leinster's Lens- totally West Coast, you know, at yeah. heart. It's all about the West Coast. So, really from this, like, if we were to, like, put ideals in terms of what we really would want. Yeah. like what, what, what should the championship be, in our opinion? Exactly. Now, how would we kind of summarize that? Like, if only we had, well, if only we had breaking it down into five points. Five points would be easily remembered that we'd have prepared ahead of time. Oh, you're, you're in luck. I write absolutely everything in bullet points. Oh my god. Write a lot down. I love so num- points. number one on what ideals should the championship follow. Fair. You need to minimize home advantage one team over another. All teams should play the same number of games to reach the same stage of the competition. If this can't be done, teams seated ahead need to earn it rather than being picked randomly. Well, Kyle, that seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you already see how the current All-Ireland format totally fails at that. You have teams randomly assigned to semi-finals, randomly assigned to quarter-finals. Mm. Some teams with more home games, some teams with more games or fewer games. Uh, yeah, a shambles. Or just being randomly picked, for, put put into a semi-final for, for a provincial province, just at, a, at the drop of a hat. And uh, number two, simple. Should be easy to follow, easy to organise. Fans, clubs and players should know when all matches occur ahead of time and be able to plan accordingly. I do like simple. I think when, when I first started getting into hurling properly and started going to matches and everything, what, what I regarded as like the true hardcore fan were the ones who actually, I don't know if understood is the right word, but knew the All-Ireland format. 
I don't know if anyone truly understands it, but they at least knew, like, oh, winner of this plays this team, who then play this game. You know, like, be, just being able to memorize it is kind of incredible. And when you cons- consider, like, players trying to balance clubs or trying to balance college, balance college games. Or- yeah, to be honest, I can follow the provincial route, but then once it gets into qualifiers and how teams are drawn against each other in the qualifiers yeah. is just like, ugh. Don't know. And, you know, as much as I like the idea of throwing the Christie Ring winner in there in the same year that they win, because I think it's good to reward them while they're still good. You know, like mm. Westmeath, you know, they're in the round robin this year now because they won Christie Ring a couple of years ago, but like they've lost tons of the players that made them good. It would have been much better for them if they had just maybe gone through the same year that they won the thing. Which would make sense, you would think. Yeah. But. You know, at the same time as that, it does just further complicate things. You now have a third round of qualifier games added uh, ahead of the quarterfinals. So it's just still very messy. And then deciding which team from Leinster gets to play then. You know, there's it just adds to the weirdness of it. Next rule. Point number three. Competitive. You should try and minimize the number of matches played between totally mismatched teams while still giving mid-tier teams the opportunity to try and upset the bigger ones. Um, honestly, I'd say the championship isn't too bad for this. I think the number of teams that will have a swing at it, which will be 15 in total once Christy Ring is added, that has a good blend from like the very top to the ones who maybe they could hope for a first round upset against mm. maybe a middling team. And then I think having the Christy Ring, Laura Lamar, Mickey Rackard, like, I think they're actually, they're fairly well stratified. I think they're competitive within themselves. So that is one thing I think that's done well with. Yeah. But, Going back to issues with the league, you know, as we've said, 1A is an absolute war, and then 1B, it's generally just kind of split down the middle. I think that's a case where the league is maybe falling a bit flat, uh, more so than the championship. Yeah, it's just that uneven competition in that 1B division, like, is just, it just makes for, like, extremely uneven matches and just kind of very predictable results in in terms of um against the weaker teams like your Rafferty's yeah. and your leashes and, and and Kerry as well in fact you know as we were saying while it's gotten better now i think the whole kind of double lock thing on relegation it it kind of decreases mobility and i think you're maybe missing out a lot of teams that maybe begin to build some momentum immediately have it kind of quashed you know they might have a great season then lose one game they're back where they started and then the interest is gone and you know you might have players leaving or going to football you know it it just i i like that mo- i want to have more mobility in that regard yeah it doesn't reward effort like you look at me then they're in the Leinster round robin they're in the top tier and they were still playing in division 2b this mm. year in the league like they you know their league position hasn't quite caught up to how good they are now yet yeah um, they should e- easily i'd say be one of the teams battling for promotion from 1a not just trying to get into 1a yeah or getting into 2a rather um Let's not get ahead one of ourselves. Is, no, one, yeah. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, but put put your money on now. They'll get. They'll win the All Ireland this year. <laughs> Come right through that round robin. Right. So our next principle or ideal: reasonable number of matches. Too many. You're expecting too much of amateur players who also have to play for clubs, also have to play for colleges in certain cases, also have to play for under-21s in certain cases. Exactly, yeah. Too few. And, you know, you end up like maybe the old-style All-Ireland where you play one game a year and then that's it, you're done. You've trained all year and uh, you get your one match. And then also you just get a lot of fans disappointed, you know, you only have one match to go to a year and kind of gone. You know, it's very anticlimactic, I think, after all the build-up. Yeah, or as well, like, even take, like, if you're 
like in Munster, for example, if you're put into a semi-final, you win the Munster final, and then it's weeks before you get to you. You know, yeah. you're put straight into like let's say a semi, and then it's weeks before you you see a game again, and you're expected to pick up from. Uh, you know, you're just training in between. You've no actual competition in between that time. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's very valid because. You know, you, you see it all the time. People complain, you know, say a team goes out in second round of the qualifiers and, oh, they've only had, you know, three or four games. You know, a team going out in the semifinal might only have three or four games as well. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's just, um, you know, or they might have seven. Or they, you know, it's, it's just kind of all over the place. Mm. So final point then, want to have a reasonable amount of time between matches, which kind of ties into the last point as well. You have some teams going weeks and weeks without matches, others playing a match every week or every two weeks, and you'll have some teams that are exhausted and some that are rusty, and you just, and it feels like no one's basically in the Goldilocks zone of just kind of regular but not wrecked. And, you know, like all rules and ideals, you know, forms a handy acronym. Fisker! That's fair, simple, competitive, reasonable, and reasonable. (laughs) I, I really should have worked in some more vowels. Uh, I didn't consider that I could have made something with that. But. So, so remember, just adhere to the Fisker principles, and uh, you know, like you'll just have fair. You know, you'll just have a better structure. I mean, how hard is that to remember? No, I five always... letters, no vowels. Exactly, just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so before we produce our own uh, scribbled plans for you know how we'd organize the championship if we ever found our own hurling promotion mm. uh, we'll just go into some of the recent and proposed changes the GA have made just to give them some credit that they're not taking this line down so as we mentioned already no more pro- promotion slash relegation matches in the league which I think is good I think yeah. encourages mobility I think rewards teams for playing well and sends them down if they haven't been playing well they're not just going to get out in one final match so i think this is definitely a step in the right direction yeah i think it's a real actual motivator to you know for teams that are stuck at the bottom in terms of like to actually teams that would be typically stuck in the bottom can win can win you know can stave off relegation by winning that last match by uh winning their relegation match and just kind of going you know i have another year like we're safe yeah. We're safe, and whoever's come up shouldn't, you know, if we can do the same again, we'll be fine and we'll stay in 1A. Yeah. And they just, or, or 1A or 1B, or they'll just hog that spot. Yeah, I mean, you can have teams, and you have had teams where they lose every single game in their own group. Mm. They lose the match against the second worst team, and then they win the one match exactly. that they've won the entire year, and that's enough for them, which I yeah. think is wrong. I actually, I, I like... That there's a final between the first and second team, mm. because I think that gives some finality. I don't like it when you can have, you know, in, in leagues in any sport where you know the winner weeks before the whole thing is done. I think it's very, I don't know, anticlimactic. You want to be able to mark properly when a team is won. So I think having the final is, is good. But I don't like having the equivalent on the other end between the relegation teams. I think if you've done no. the worst in your group, you should just go down straight away. Yeah, and, and it's kind of just like... You know, this shouldn't even be really thought of, or it shouldn't really have to be really worked out. Like, you, you're lower on your goals, or you're lower on point difference, or you're lower on this. You know, there's always going to be 
pretty pretty much in all cases, there's always going to be one team that's clearly below par in some aspect of the yeah. game. And like it should be a dry decision as to, okay, you're going down. Yeah, we'll probably have people disagree with us on that who've had their county saved by these matches in yeah. recent years. You know, like maybe Cork last year in the league, things like that. But or indeed, our, indeed ourselves, actually. Well, no, because Clare weren't at the bottom. Dublin oh, would have well, gone true. out by this rule as well. Maybe people from Dublin would like it because it gave them a chance, at least. Yeah. Oh, well, suck it. So, another recent change. Again, as we mentioned earlier, Christy Ring winner now enters the All-Ireland. Yeah, again, as I said, I think it's mostly a good thing. I don't like that it's making a complex system even more complex. But, yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's nice to give them a shot. You know, I think the winner of the Christy Ring in a given year, they would probably be as good and probably better than most of the teams in the Leinster on Robin. So I think it's only fair to give them a go. Mm. Uh, and then finally, this one has not been implemented, but it looks like it, you know, it's currently being reviewed and everything, but it looks like it might go ahead for next year. I, you know, we won't know whether or not this is a good thing until it's implemented, if they could mess it up again, and kind of half-ass it or whatever, but a uh, proposal to have round robins in the Leinster and Munster championships. Now, I'm not sure exactly what they mean by that in Leinster's case, if they're going to have a like, first round robin, then a second round robin, or how the structure will change. But I think overall it's it's the right way to go. I don't think it's going maybe far enough. I don't know if it's mm. what I want to see, but I think um, certainly like my main complaint um, in the article that I wrote was that you you know if you're seated in the semi-final, it's a massive advantage over being seated in the quarterfinal. It is, yeah. A round robin, I think, helps even that out and balance it out. Uh, not to mention that you'll now have a bit more home games for teams and that kind of thing. And so explain to me and maybe members of the audience as well in terms of how this would look. So if I'm Claire, for example, and started Munster Championship, yeah, who do I have to play? Munster's the simpler one to explain, because mm. as I said, I don't know if they're going to do two Leinster ones, or they're going to change how many teams play in Leinster and what. Mm. But in Munster, you'd have the same five teams as always, because uh, okay. Kerry are in Leinster now. Exactly, as they always have been. So you'd have Clare, Limerick, Tip, Cork, Waterford. So rather than having three teams start in semi-finals and then one play quarterfinal. You're just going to have all the teams play one another once. So okay. each team gets four games. Okay. And my understanding is that the top two from this will then go on to play in the Munster final. Okay, so, and we'll say the teams then that don't, obviously, you know, that, that don't make it to the top, they're in through the back, they're in through the qualifier stage. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I'm imagining. So, I mean... I, I can't say for sure how it's going to work because it's still mm. under proposal. It's still ha- nothing's been finalized. And then, and then, similarly, is it like is is it still anticipated then that the winner of the Munster final or Lent- or Leinster final then goes on to a semi-final place? I think so. Yeah, the run okay. quarterfinal. I I don't think it's changing beyond Munster and Leinster with this. But uh, I suppose that somewhat deals with my complaint about, you know, in the current structure, if you're seeded in a semi-final, you may only play three games and you're... Yeah. You know, and you could be into an All-Ireland final. Like, I suppose that does address that in a way, in terms of it's not just, you know, you have to win your four games and then you also have to play a final. Yeah. It, it does address um, a, a few of our complaints. I think mm. it makes it more fair. Depending how it's implemented now, we'll see how much better that is. I think it goes a good way towards that. I'm not sure about number of matches. It might end up being 
a bit much, which then, you know, they, they've said a lot about trying to make more time for clubs and everything, give them windows where there aren't any inter-county matches, things like that. And yeah. I am concerned with this, how they're going to, you know, I think something else will have to give if they're going to have all these extra matches in Munster and Leinster. I mean, I mean, I guess the benefit is that they could maybe schedule them all on the same weekend a bit more often because they're all at the same point of the competition. But uh, Exactly. Sorry, and they always make these noises, you know, oh, about the club and, you know, the club's very important and the rest, of, they still tend to, you know, steamroll over the clubs in terms yeah, of their do. schedule <laughs> regardless. They do. <laughs> Historically, yeah, I, they're... I, I wouldn't hold up hope in that regard. Yeah, their clubs. track record has not been exactly stellar on that front. And uh, certainly if you listen to the players or the GPA, now, unbiased sources, they're not. But, like, you, you do see quite a bit of a criticism leveled at the GAA in, term, in terms of the calendar and how it's structured. So I'd be surprised if that goes away overnight. I think it'd be interesting to see, anyway, what they do with this. Mm. I think it could vary anywhere from being a total mess to being a real positive uh, step and mm. really make things more interesting, give fans more games and just, you know I, I think it, it it could be could be good and I hope it will be and I yeah I'm curious to see what will happen with it so enough about these Egypts in the GA what did the two Egypts on this podcast think exactly what is your plan Cahill well my plan for when I become dictator of the GA ah oh, it's a great job yeah that'll be great okay starting off with the league I think the solution for the league is quite simple Mm. Because it's already been done in the other code. I think basically copy Gaelic football's homework. Eight teams per division. Just do a straight final between the top two in each division. One thing, you know, one thing I changed rather than having two teams promoted per division, maybe only one for hurling, just because maybe it isn't, you know, there there isn't that same kind of gradual increase in quality in hurling like there is in Gaelic. It's more stratified. No, there certainly so two, isn't. Two up and down would be a bit much. Yeah. And as I said before as well, Bottom team automatically relegated. Top two per division have their own division final. Yeah. So yeah, this would be, you know, if you have each division eight teams, maybe the lower one has an extra one or two pending. So then that's guaranteed seven games. So we have at least three home games. It's just a simple solution. Just, you know, make the divisions bigger. And I know you get complaints about, oh, but then division two, you'll just have like, one or two teams on top of it. You, that's already what you have. Exactly. It's <laughs> already what you have. So why not just have it make more sense? And by relaxing as well the rules and the relegation, like adopting, we'll say, the rules that are being introduced for next year in terms of relegation and promotion. I mean, you are allowing for more mobility in ter- between those two leagues. Yeah. And like, like as you said, like it's not like there aren't dominant teams in any league structure. Y- you no, know, I mean, the, the other main sport that I follow apart from hurling, is uh, basketball. And currently, the, you're in the NBA playoffs right now, which is their kind of, you know, their knockout stage. Mm. They have an 80... Each team in the regular season plays 82 games. Amazing. So they, take, they make sure that these are the top teams that go into the knockout stages. It's only, mm. you know, they make damn sure it wasn't a fluke that they get in there. And and also, in the quarterfi- in the knockout stages, it's best of seven each round. There are no wow. flukes in basketball. There are tons of games and no flukes. Already you've had four teams get knocked out without winning any games against their opposition in that series. Four out of uh, out of 16 have been beaten 4-0, basically. Yeah. So if you can have that many, that, that many structures, 
in place and everything and still yeah. just have teams get trashed. Like, you just have to accept it's part of sport. Some yeah. teams will get trashed. Yeah. And I mean, like, basketball is, we'll say, for all intents and purposes, like a professional sport. But, yeah, yeah, like, there is no room for chance. I mean, it's that. basically Gaelic football, okay, according to Al fellas. So I think it's important yeah. to bring it up on this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, like, They're there's no... the same sport now. Exactly. And there's no, uh, you know, there's no room for chance there. Like, at least, with, you know, you're not... You rule out the risk of, like, fluky performances and just teams just kind of wheeling their way through, you know... You know the faults and assist in the faults in the system itself. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just a good example of how you're still going to have one-sided things, even with all that. Um, yeah, with all the will in the world, you won't be able to avoid yeah. some of the issues that will just creep up. But I think even on the other side of that, like say we had, you know, it was eight teams now this year. Mm. Uh, so maybe you had the ones who are playing in one A this year plus Galway and Wexford. Now, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, Limerick will just storm through." you know, Division 2. But honestly, I think, you know, on a good day, or on Limerick having a bad day, Offaly could beat Limerick, Leash could beat Limerick. I think even Antrim would have a solid chance of beating Limerick, you know, if they just caught them on the right way. I don't yeah. think it's, it would necessarily be a sure thing. I don't think you'd have the same teams always rebounding up and down. And at the same time, like, we don't always have the same number of competitive teams. You know, there have been years where Offaly have been dominant, or exactly. you know, Limerick have been more dominant. You know, and you know, Wexford now we've seen, they've made that leap this year from being yeah. one of the kind of like lower 1v teams to being promoted. So yeah, I think you need to allow for that mobility and not just assume that there won't be any or there will never be any change. And I mean, like, you know, like teams like Offaly have come close to Limerick in terms of the league this year as well, which yeah, if you were to go by conventional wisdom or conven- the conventionally held wisdom that you know, there was no way, there wasn't a Snowwall's uh, chance in hell, like, that yeah. Offaly would come in within the roaring ass of Limerick. And that's not what happened. Yeah, and I, I think as well, people, they're, they're worried that you'll have all these really one-sided games, and that'll happen, but mm. I think you can't coddle teams too much either. I think, you know, it, it's been fun having maybe, having it very kind of ultra-stratified and having quite competitive divisions, you know, or, or championship tiers. Yeah. Um, you know, you still have some very one-sided games in that. And as well as that, like, you know, you, you can't learn a lot from being trashed. But I I think if teams like Antrim, Carlo, Meath, Kerry, you know, they're never going to improve unless they do play some of the better teams now and again. No, well, that's it. Like, if they're not challenged or, the you know, the bar is just set at a, is fixed, artificially fixed at a certain height, like, that's all they're going to ever try and play to. There's nothing that'll ever push them on, and there's no, you know, there's nothing that'll ever push them on to like, you know, try that bit harder or train that bit harder. You know, there's nothing to aim for. If you can sit comfortably at the top of your division, you know, but you know, you're never going to get really promoted. It's a case of well. And besides, it's no harm getting a bit of extra cash from some of the big teams away exactly. fans coming to your stadium. You know, exactly. there might not normally be that big a crowd for hurling. It could be good just to get in a few of those bigger matches. So. That's your plan, correct? That is my plan. So, I've actually put two plans together. I've noticed. Please talk us through it. Right. Plan one. This is kind of... I came up with this all by myself, actually. Quite proud of this one. On the 1st of January, it's New Year's Day, one goat is selected, sacrificed, and the entrails are examined by a qualified soothsayer. Suitsayer will then decide the structure of the league 
without revealing the actual future outcome of the league in terms of because they can tell the future. And uh, you just sit back and enjoy excellent hurling. And I believe that's currently kind of how they do it at the moment in terms of organising the championship structure. Well, I know that that's how um, extra time is determined, how additional time is determined. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to criticise this a bit now. Uh, I'm mm. going to say I think there's no need to slaughter a goat. What we do is we declare the goat king for the weekend. We I'm with you so far. On a, on a crane uh, in a small uh, village in Kerry. Mm. And we have it uh, point at different county flags to determine the bracket. Ah, that's one way of doing it. That's like the Paul the Octopus method. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the truth. It's, it's just, you know, bringing together two great traditions in both the GA and the Puck Fair. So. I suppose I could trust in the goat's innate wisdom on this issue. Hmm. Hmm. They seem to have done a good job being king, uh, you know, for all those, you know, hundreds of years now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's ruled over, you know, it's ruled over with an iron fist or an iron hoof, but, you know, like, otherwise, it's been quite fair. It's been reasonable. So, my other plan, which I suppose is my plan B, in case no one actually, you know, takes this on, as my first plan on as a serious plan, yeah. is pretty much like yours in terms of expanding the divisions, same thing on promotion and relegation. So again, basically cogging you, uh, cogging the GAA structure, which, you know what, there's, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. However, with one small tweak, for the two top teams, the division, I want three matches instead of just the one final match. I want one home, one away, and one neutral. No flukes, just to be sure to be sure. Right, I like this plan. And maybe it's the basketball fan in me coming out, you know, who likes their best of seven series and, mm. you know, 82 games and everything. You know, I, I, I like that it's kind of making it a certain thing. I like that you're getting the home and away game. I do think that that would be maybe maybe a little much to expect of fans during the league. I think, now, I, this may shock you, but some people might even accuse the GA of just trying to go for more money by having more matches, which I know is, you know, I That's... don't know. That it's is kind of a reach that, that is lies. Reach that people would go to that conclusion, but you never know. People can be weird about these things. But yeah, I, I think I think it would be good in terms of preventing flukes, more matches to go to, maybe a bit of excitement, get extra, you know, kind of home and away games. I'm not certain it would be, it would work, but you know they've experimented with worse ideas. That's yeah. that's uh that's that's compliment enough. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> an interesting idea. I, I like it. Just yeah. for something a bit different. Because mine was just so very similar to what exists already. Oh, and I'd also place Kilkenny in Division 4. Oh, yeah, well, obviously. That's that's a permanent rule. They're going to be a permanent fixture in Division 4. <laughs> I mean, you need to give the other teams time to catch up with their number of wins. Yeah. It's only fair. Too many wins. Too many wins. But on to the real, you know, competition on our hearts. And that is... The championship. So let's hear your plan. Okay, I'm going to get the contra- my big controversial idea out of the way first thing. Leinster and Munster, they can still happen, but they're no longer part of the All-Ireland. It works like Ulster now. They're their own separate tournaments with no bearing on anything. <sighs> you know, I wouldn't get rid of them entirely, because I think there is a lot of tradition to them, and it, you know, maybe it doesn't mean a lot when Kilkenny win every year, but when you have teams like Wexford or Dublin or Waterford, you know, when you have, you know, any of those Viking counties winning, basically, um, 
you know, it means more to them because they're not winning year in, year out. Mm. So, you know, that can be a real boost and it can be a real sign of the team on the rise when they finally get that Leinster win when it's not someone like Kilkenny. But at the same time, I think a lot of the roots of the problems in the championship stem from trying to shoehorn in the provincial championships. Giving too much emphasis on their on your success in the provincial rather than actually yeah. the overall competition. Or you're I giving... mean, like, I, I think a lot of the changes that have happened to the structure have happened because they're trying to kind of account for that skew. You know, initially they mm. got rid of, you know, they got rid of Ulster and Connacht because it was ridiculous having Galway and Antrim and basically automatically getting semi-final spot every year. And then, you know, they added in the backdoor systems that people had another chance and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I think it's all just kind of trying to tape over the main problem, which is just that it skews the competition a lot. Yeah. And it also prevents a lot of really interesting matchups from happening unless teams reach the quarter or semi-final stages. Mm. You know, I, th- I think they're, you know, I, I'd love to see more games between teams in Leinster and teams in Munster that, you know, would be very well matched, but look at the draw whether or not we get to see it outside of it. So that's your first controversial point out. I think I, I think I could I think I could go with that. I, I'm on board I'm I'm on board still. Okay. So I may need I may need to like post a diagram up or something. I really think a di- I really think like a diagram would be brilliant. Yeah. But um no, it's a podcast, we're an audio format. I'll just you know, I'll paint a picture with my words. Hopefully. Yeah, just just be thankful we're not describing videos to you. Top tier competition, Lee McCarthy, will be the top 16 teams in the league. So we're making the league more important, first of all. Okay, you're putting emphasis on it, yeah. You have all the teams in Division 1, which is now eight teams, and then definitely the top seven from Division 2, but also last year's Christy Ring winner, because that'll okay. be the Division 2 competition. And if they're already seeded through the league, then it'll go to whoever got promoted to Division 2 that year. Okay. Whoever got relegated is out of contention, basically. Which is fair. I think so. I think, you know, we need to make the league have more bearing beyond just being a warm-up for teams. And I think that would be an interesting way of doing it, is if it, was, if it would kind of determine your seeding bit. Hmm. And further in determining seeding, start off the All-Ireland with four groups of four. So each group will have a team from the upper half of Division 1, the lower half of Division 1, upper half of Division 2, and then lower half of Division 2. Okay. And how would that di- split, uh, like, be deci- de- decided? Just a random, just a random uh, assignment? I mean, just randomly selected from within those four groups. Okay. You know, it, it's kind of like maybe, I don't know if you saw, like, the Rugby World Cup had its seeding this, you know, uh, just this week. So you had the top 14 ranked teams are each are in a group each, then the next four Okay, yeah, so something like that. Yeah, just so that, you know, you have one team that would be expected to be first, second, third, and fourth, but Mm. there's there's kind of a steady gradient of skill, so it's not necessarily a short thing. You might still get... You're going to get a fair result where the best teams come out most time, but you might get an upset here or there. And then you'll have the equivalent of the lower-tier team as well. And if there are more than eight teams in Division 4, then it's just whatever top eight get through. Okay. And the other ones get to think about what they've done. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> so from there it gets simpler it's just you know top team from each group plays the runner-up of every group okay so that go to semi-finals winner if that go to final okay so, total number of matches you'd have three to six as opposed to what's currently two to up to ten right so it's just a yeah two more controlled as well it's you have you've less variation overall yeah you 
can have teams playing matches in the same weekend, not waiting for other ones to catch up. So basically, championships now predictable. It's a fair structure. It's Fiskaru. It, it may not sound simple when I'm describing it like this, but I'm sure a diagram would help. I think it's definitely simpler than the All Ireland. Yeah, I get. I'll, I'll bust out the. I'll bust out the Vizio. I get. I get to work on this. I think it's broadly competitive. You might have like some very one-sided matches between mm. maybe the best team in the group stage and the lower lowest ranked team. But you know, you're always going to have matches like that. I, I think it still gives. It does give the lower teams maybe a bit more opportunity to have a go, though, at the same time, and maybe sneak in some points where people weren't expecting it. Exactly. But it's not, you know, it's not giving them an upper hand either. It's not being too lenient on them, I think. I think it would still be a reasonable, you know, or at least equivalent to competitive balance. Yeah. Number of matches is much more regular. It's much easier to predict. And also the minimum number is greater than what is there now. So, you know, I think that would be something that fans would enjoy as well, knowing that they won't be gone after two games. They would at the very least get a third in. Yeah, so you're eliminating the back door essentially altogether um, on the basis of that you have a few goals in, in, in terms of the way you divide these up into different... Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're three group stage matches yeah. and, you know, that I think should be enough to satisfy whether you're not you're good enough. To exactly, so you kind of eliminate that, that issue yeah. as well. And plus, then you can have the discussions about, oh, which is the group of death and all the other stuff that's... Exactly. You know, and I think as well, the fact that it's condensed will allow for time for the Leinster and Munster Championship to continue on in whatever guise they have now, just, uh, you know, on their own. Yeah, and as well, you kind of have, like, teams that typically don't play each other early in the year playing each other. Yeah. Like, you know, Galway could play, I don't know, Cork at the start of the Championship, depending on what group they'd end up in. Exactly, yeah. Whereas that's not something that really happens now at all. So you kind of have like that time, you know, rather than finding the, playing them later on in the championship and then figuring, oh God, Jesus, they're really strong at this stage. Or, you know, there's less guesswork, I think, really. Makes it a bit more consistent. I think so. Um, I'm just going to kind of look at what were this year's league tables just to give maybe a sample. You know, if it happened this year due to a hostile takeover on my part of the GA. Mm. Um, so you could imagine one group might have, say, something like Tipperary, Clare... Offaly, Antrim, mm. as a theoretical group. I think that would be solid. I think, and you know, Antrim will not win that. They could definitely have a go at Offaly. You know, you'd expect Claire and Tip to be numbers one and two. But again, Offaly's that awkward middle one that maybe on a really good day could upset them or maybe hold them to a draw if, yeah. you know, if, if Tip or Claire were particularly flat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my proposal. And... Probably hard to follow when I'm describing it out loud, but I guarantee on the diagram it'll make more sense. I mean, I actually remember last year on the GA website they had like, oh, you can print out your diagram to follow the championship. And it was like <laughs> two pages and a million asterisks. Just like if, you know, you, you need a, a flow, like a really complex flow chart of like if and then, and that will go to a random draw. And if they win this, then another random draw to determine who they play here. And then also, also and then there was like a corner with like the Ulster Championship. It's like, this is also going on. Uh, ignore it. It's not really, it's a bit out of scope. But if you want some like, you know, some extra homework, you can look at how this works too. And like, for the real, it was, a to- it was a total mess. For the real hardcore fans. Yeah. So, I suppose, look, we've heard what you have to offer. I once again have two more planned suggestions. I noticed your your first plan suggestion. Uh, I should point out is just a YouTube link. Yes. 
And uh, I am also going to break the second rule, which I mentioned earlier. I am going to describe a video. Well, I'm not going to describe it scene by scene, but it is pretty much... I mean, it's 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 only one scene, or rather part of one scene. Yeah. It's uh, the infamous uh, scene from Mad Max Thunderdome, in which uh, they the titular Thunderdome is introduced with people chanting, two men enter, one man leaves. If, if I was to read from the script directly, it would be... Uh... Two men enter, one man leaves. 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 And so on in that fashion, until they conclude with the dramatic two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah, while Tina Turner stares, as Tina Turner is uh, wont to do. Presumably judging Mel Gibson and his anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. He He wants a Jew to be the man not leaving the Thunderdome. What an that's, awful, that's what's what an awful person Mel Gibson is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose the downside for this is, look, Thunderdomes, they're expensive, uh, probably illegal, and also, like, yeah, the association with Mel Gibson kind of takes away from it. I'm not going to say that it, it is... It's it's not a watertight plan. No. Your Thunderdome. I will say, we discussed this a bit beforehand, I do have an alternative proposal. Now, that my issue with two men enter, one man leaves is that... You know, you'll have 15 players starting on a team, uh, typically in hurling. Yeah. I think while it would be interesting to nominate a champion from each team, I just think at that point you're, you're just straying a bit too far through the game. However, handball, I think, has has Thunderdome potential. You know, you can have two men enter, you can have one man leave. Yeah. You can have all the, the leftover handball alleys once they've transitioned to Thunderdomes. Um, mm. That can just go full-time to the hurlers practicing as it should so I, th- I think there's something to your plan, but I think maybe you've picked you've picked it for the wrong sport. Okay, like I think you know some fireworks, um, some fireworks, some um, cheerler cheerleaders, and you could really do what TV has done for darts, for handball. Oh, yeah. oh well, like I think that should be what what TV has done for darts. I think should be applied to every single sport. God help us all. <laughs> you know, I I don't think it's it's a bad plan, but. Maybe, you know, it, it, it's not without its issues. So mm. I think maybe we should move on to your other suggestion. Yeah, I'll work, on my fr- I'll work on my other plan. So my other suggestion is that essentially we take your structure that you have given, but we scrap Leinster and Munster Championships altogether. Wow. It's even more controversial than yours. Can I ask if you're just trying to one-up me on controversy or you really want to go there? With removing them entirely. A uh, bit of column A, bit of column B. <laughs> no, I think, like, in a way, I think, look, if you were to scrap them, is it really something that you're going to miss all that much? Does it, Like, at the end of the day, does a Munster or Leinster Championship really matter compared to an All-Ireland Trophy? See, it's one of those things. I think people do really hype it up as being a big deal. But honestly, like, I could tell you who won the All-Ireland every year for the yeah. last, you know, however many years. I couldn't tell you who won Leinster or Munster. Always. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely people who could and definitely people who hold in that regard. But I think, honestly, you know, un- unless you're a team, you know, like maybe, you know, Waterford, Limerick, Clare in, in uh, Munster or a team like Wexford, Offaly, Dublin in Leinster, like only then are you going to be really cherishing them. And that's just because they're so few and far between. I think... Most most years it's won by the same counties year in year out, or those same counties are in the finals year in year out. 
And it's just a bit, I don't know. And I mean, who really consoles themselves if they don't get an All-Ireland final? If they don't get, you know, if they don't get to an All-Ireland final, they don't win. Who really consoles themselves with, oh, at least we got the monster? Or, you know, no one says that. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bit like consoling yourself with the league. You know, it, it's kind of, it's nice and it's silverware and, you know, it, it's great on the day, but... Claire got absolutely hammered by Galway in last year's uh, quarterfinal. I I wasn't like, hey gang, we still have the league. I bet next year we're going to come fifth in the group and not even get to the knockout stages. Just not worth it. Really, like, I mean, there are better times to be, there are better things to be focusing your energies on in the championship. And I think just by removing the two, really, you can just focus on what really everyone's interested in, which is that All-Ireland trophy. And I mean, yeah, the provincial championships, they can be a good marker of teams improving and it can be a big deal when they win their first one in a long time. But you mm. know what? In a knockout tournament, you'll get that same kind of sense of, okay, we've made progress by reaching a semi-final. Exactly. Or, you know, in the case of very poor teams, a quarter-final. Exactly. So right. yeah, that's uh, that's our suggestion. Um, as we said before, uh, if you want to tell us all the ways we're wrong or all the ways that... Uh, you know, you think that we can go to hell and Munster and Leinster championships are sacred. Bring it on. Or, um, <laughs> or you know, if, as happened to us last week, just tweet us on a link to Mrs. Doyle saying, maybe I like the misery, which I still think is a very valid point. Uh, tweet us at tydatapoints or email tweet, us tweet. at mail at and if you're, ma- if you're emailing, please make sure to address all angry comments in red text in all caps otherwise they will not be able to tell if you're angry or not a great explosion of noise it's the culmination of the hurling championship the game every player wants to play in the match every sportsman wants to see Kilkenny and Galway are set to do battle